It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town, working late, or you have a school or work schedule that keeps you away from home and away from taking care of your pet, Petite Pet Care can help you out. The folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. You know how that is, right? <laughs> Petite Pet Care will take care of your cats, dogs, fish, and birds, including chickens. They're insured, bonded, Red Cross, pet, CPR, and first aid certified, but most of all, they love animals. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care, you can find them at their website, petitepetcare.com, or by calling them at 504-300-9PET. You know something? What? When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, in this case we're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue where you can hear Latin jazz. You can check them out on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, or just come down here anytime you want and have a drink. Hang out with your own friends, or you can hang out with us right now. For the next 60 minutes, it's Happy Hour. My special guests sitting around the table in this order are Maria Levitsky. Hello, Maria. Good afternoon. Is that your real name? That is actually Okay, I just want to check with that. Name. Maria Levitsky is a photographic artist whose work encompasses architecture, landscape, and the history of photography. Well, that can't be right. Is, there a, is that a typo? You take photos of the history of photography? No, but my work deals with historical aspects of photography. I kind of go back and use old techniques and... Um, oh. And uh, very, you know, my work is kind of aware of itself as a historical medium. Okay, I'm Put glad you explained that because I thought go. you were taking photos of old photos. Maria was born in New York <laughs> City and grew up in Ohio, Spain, and Great Britain. You don't see that very often, Great Britain. Before moving back to Manhattan where she was a dancer, before discovering the visual arts, Maria started out in photography as a darkroom technician. Well, that's going back. It is. And they still had dark rooms yes, back then when you started do. out. I still do. You still have a dark room? I still have a dark Well, you are very old I'm, school. I'm that is the history in, of photography. I'm stuck in the silver. Wow. Uh, Maria started out of photography as a darkroom technician, becoming a black and white printer, and finally deciding to return to school for a master's degree in photography, ah, right. which is what brought her to New Orleans and UNO specifically. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. <laughs> what so now you're for? a master in photography. <laughs> I have an MFA. Yeah, MFA. I, I am a mother <clears throat> A. Okay. Well, congratulations. <laughs> when did you finish that? <laughs> two years ago. So you've been in MFA for two years? I have been a master. Well, for congratulations. Two years. <laughs> very nice. Thank you. I'm sure that wasn't very easy to do after all these starting off in the dark room and now you have to compete with these young yeah, kids. You know, I'm an old horse, never heard so, you know, they had to old, learn a did lot. Did you say horse? I did. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was hoping you said that. Tora Wallin is here. Hello, Tora. Hello. Tora is a New Orleans artist, architect, and musician who was born in Oslo, Norway, and moved to New Orleans to also do a master's degree. Yeah. Okay, what's the chance yeah. of that? Oh, yeah. What are the chances of having that in architecture at Tulane? That was 1975. Wow, can you believe that, you guys? Mm -mm. In the intervening almost 40 years, Tora has gotten married, had two children, has had many exhibitions of his abstract paintings and graphics, has created posters for notable New Orleans events, including the Crescent City Classic and the highest graphic honor possible in New Orleans, a Jazz Fest poster. How about that? Wow. That is absolutely pretty unbelievable. Cool. Tora has accomplished all this by working full-time as an architect and being a cross-dresser. Doesn't actually, <laughs> doesn't actually say that. And, and playing music in a number of bands. If you're still alive and your hearing is intact, you may remember Tora from his most popular band, Big Bang, in the early 1980s. Wow. That's correct. You think anyone's still got their hearing from the 1980s and still with us? Yeah, some of them are. They are? Some of them are. They well, every now and then remind they every now and then reminds me that I am that old. People see you out and they say, Hi, hey, I remember you from Big Bang. What did you play in Big Bang exactly? Keith, guitar. Did That's you sing? Yeah, you sang too. Did you, do you sing with a Norwegian accent or do you lose the accent when you sing? I lose the accent when Isn't I sing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. It How is. weird is that? Why is that? You know, I noticed that you know, people sing music from all sorts of countries and they all have this sort of standard American accent when they sing. I've well, you know, it's, uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah it becomes you know, musical. I mean, it doesn't really become language anymore. It's a sound that comes out and... You know, I don't have an accent, by the way. I have a speech impediment. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> been too long. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had a speech impediment. Bill Daniel is here as well as Nick Elman. Bill Daniel is the guitar player, and Nick Elman is the alto sax player in a band called Naughty Professor, which is a six-piece New Orleans instrumental funk band, which is a sentence you've heard before. But this uh, band is different. <laughs> Naughty Professor manages to transcend the well-known New Orleans party vibe, taking the funk into a new universe of slick musicianship, clever arrangements, and hook-laden songs that stand apart. I couldn't say that any better. 
That's, no, that's exactly true. We yeah. should, whoever wrote that, we should hire them for you guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This band yeah, is. I mean, we could we could just shorten it by saying this band is fucking awesome. Well, thank you. There's a whole new there's a whole new level of New Orleans funk bands that we haven't heard before. No matter how good the other ones are, Galactic and everybody and uh, who are great, yeah, we love those you guys. guys are doing something totally different with it. Well, cool. I'm glad you feel that way. Do you thank g- you. It's incredible. I don't know how you do it. Nordic Professor's debut album is called Until the Next Time. It came out last year, and you can check it out on Bandcamp, or you can link to it from our website. It's neworleans.com. Place, other places you can steal music from as well, I'm sure. It, yeah, yeah. It's available. All over the internet. Is it free, or are you selling it? Well, it, I mean, you can steal it for free, and then you could <laughs> buy it from us for like $10. After or you listen to it and go, free. these guys yeah. need some money. That's yeah. practically free. <laughs> yeah. $10 is Andrew good. Duhon, who's our uh, happy hour troubadour, is not here today. He's wandering around the world. I think he's somewhere in New York City or whatever, but hopefully he'll be back one of these days. <laughs> and he would be a fa- Do you know him? Andrew Duhon. I don't, I don't believe that. No, I do not. Well, so what do you guys do? Are you musicians or are you students or what? Uh, well, we're, we're done with school. Yeah, we, were, we were students. Yeah. music here in New Orleans. And uh, most, some of the guys in the band are still in school, but we have recently graduated. Well, our crack research team wasn't able to find out anything about you at all, so you're like a blank Good. slate to us. You can make it all up completely. <laughs> you're pretty good records you know yeah. so far. Yeah. The record speaks for itself. What, what, so you went to school, you did music at school, or did you yeah. do something else? Yeah, yeah. We met in the, the jazz department at Loyola. Okay. And, uh, you know, we just started. I think Nick and I met before school even started when we came to New Orleans. I think yeah, the first week we moved here, we yeah. met and formed this band. Skipped orientation, so you know, first through week. that. Yeah. Wow. Just jam in the practice room, you know, that's what we did. And what sort of music did you play when you first started? This, same thing. Well, like our, our early, early songs came from those early jams. Yeah, it was just improvised yeah. stuff happening that was, you know, interesting where are you, to us. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Not from Houston. Okay. So nobody at this table is from New Orleans? No. No. Tora's from Oslo. You're from Houston. Yep. Chicago. New York. And New York City by way of Spain. You grew up in Spain. I was there for a year when I was 11. Yep. Lived there for a year. How come? My my stepfather was a a professor of music and a concert pianist, actually. And so he was on sabbatical, as, you know, professors used to get. I don't know if they still get those things these days. Every seven years, you got like a year off to go. Every seven years, so we went to Spain Spain. for a year. So your stepfather was a concert pianist and a professor. Is he still with us? Not, no longer, no. No, he passed away about 10 years ago. So So you grew up with, what happened to your original dad? He's still with us. He, he is. He was a mechanical prof- professor of mechanical engineering at so City your, College. Your mom got York. married to two professors in a row. Yeah, but it was all around music. They they met at music related events. You know the uh, Marlboro Music Festival in in uh, Vermont. Marlboro, Vermont. It's a classical music oh, festival. Yeah. That's where. Okay, I don't know anything about. It. Do you yeah. guys know anything about it? I do not. Someone out there in the you know the. I think pot the is universe. legal. <laughs> is pot legal in Vermont? Uh, almost. Was that Washington <laughs> State? It's legal. I think it's Washington State. Yeah. That's the only reason I know those states are part of it. Right. Pot's right. legal yeah. in one of them and not the other, but that's the one. Right. So what were they doing at both at a classical convention, these two? Oh, three well, you know, back in the day, it was for, it was for like, um, very skilled amateur musicians and prof- people who were on their way to being professional. So, so if you had, if you played an instrument and you'd been playing for a while and you were proficient enough to play chamber music or people, it would be like band camp for nerds. For, for a classical <laughs> but this music is for adults, though. For adults, People young adults. with a regular day job. Well, you oh, know, I mean, my mother was in her very early 20s, or maybe she was 19 or 20 when, when she and first... What did she play? She played the oboe. Oh, wow. wow. That's wow. a very strange instrument. Very strange, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great lip action, great lip action. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Double read, you know. Mm-hmm. You have yeah, to make yeah. your own reads. For yeah, that. you have right, to make yeah. your own, like, sort of shave right. them with a little razor and on a stone or something. Yeah, so how so did you get into the Oba, you mom? You know, I have no idea. Do you have her number? We can call her. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to dial up there <laughs> to. Uh, to oh, she to passed the, away the as well. Beyond. They're all gone. The three parents. No, no, my someone's father, your father is still is with us. So, yes. do you get along with him? Yes, I do very well. So, yes. why'd they get divorced? Oh goodness, wow. that's digging deep. <laughs> <laughs> What's the reason? Oh, I think a profound difference of opinion somehow. I think, yeah, you know. Well, yeah. But was when you were pretty young, though. I was about five. Yeah. Did you know anything about it at five? No, not really. No. Afflic- no. Afflictional music, that's what it was. Yeah, probably, or, you what know. What did you say to her? Afflictional? <laughs> no, no, I did not. No, I said, you, you know, say? we are all damaged by the music. The, you the know? violin I mean, and yeah. the oboe yeah. no longer you know, sounded good sound together. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the, 
That would be hard to play. So your mother was a oven player. Your father was a violin player. You yeah. Were, well, he bio- was the mechanical pilot. engineer who played the violin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, in back in um, they were all from New York City, and and there was quite a very vibrant community of chamber music musicians. And my father and um, used to get together with friends every Saturday night and play chamber music. Do and, you uh, do yeah. you play music? I played the flute when I was a teenager, but um, I gave it up. And now I quit. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, no, yeah, I don't play music anymore. I'm a, I'm a music appreciator, and uh, my, my involvement mus- with music, um, I had a radio show on and off for about 15 years wow. at WFMU in, in, in New Jersey. That's a cool station. It's a great station. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the only good stations left yeah. in the United States of America still. Well, aside wow, from WWOZ, of course. Well, but oh, I said oh, one of them. No, there's a few good stations, <laughs> yeah. but that is definitely one of them. It is. What sort of show did you do? It was very eclectic. It was pretty much what I what I liked. You know? Right. And I, I have really good taste, so. You do? <laughs> what do yeah, you yeah. like? Wow. What sort of music do you like? Solo flute, right? Just all the time. <laughs> Jazz flute. Yeah. Like Jethro Ron Tull. Burgundy. Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull. Oh, yeah. For awesome. three hours straight. <laughs> what, do you, no, what do you like to play, really? Well, you know, back then, I mean, it's it's been, since I've been here, I have not done a show at all, but, um, you know, I would, sometimes I would do theme shows, like I would play um, a three hours of, of film tr- soundtracks from, right. from the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, um, one of my favorite soundtrack composers his name is John Barry I don't know if you're familiar with he's him he's an English yeah composer. he's English he's very famous yeah, yeah. He, film he, composer. he passed away a couple of years ago I think um, so I you know I sort of had a collection of film soundtracks from this certain era Le, uh, not Le, uh, Elmer Bernstein's another one of my favorites really sort of jazzy cool cat kind of stuff and then you know I would most of my shows were more of a mix of indie rock and psychedelic and uh, you know animal collective and yeah. and so it wasn't uh, film scores every week. No, not at all. It was no. just one show. Once in a while, well, I would be like, I'm going to do a film score show. So today. that's the one you decided to tell us was the type of show you normally did, even though you didn't <laughs> normally do it. That's well, because what came to your mind? What brought that to your mind? Because you asked me what type of show I do. Okay. Normally, mm. I didn't do any particular type of show. It was okay. very freeform. I mean, FMU is a freeform radio station, so pretty much every DJ can do whatever they want. You just bring in whatever you want to play. Bring in what you want. They cool. have a massive music library, yeah. so I, d- I relied very much on the music library there. So I'm not really a collector of music. Some of the DJs are avid music right. collectors, yeah. and they're experts in a certain, you know, niche. But okay, I don't want to sound like Howard Stern, even though you come from New York. But I'm staring at your breasts. <laughs> <laughs> what you are not. You're well, lying. What is going on? What no. is that tattoo? It's a dragon. It's but it's going. It looks like it's going in the, from your chest all the way down your arm or something. It goes. Uh, all the way down the side of my wow, wow, cool Can torso. You, really? So it's right. all across your chest. Yeah. And, d- uh, and down. We're not photographing this, so. Well, we can. Yeah, Douglas will take a photo. <laughs> we can. Douglas will take a Put it on our website. It's on our website. It's newwomans.com. Here we go. Whoa. Oh, wow. Y'all need to check out the Let's website. Can, yeah. we, can we have another look? Can I have another look at that? It's wow. That's wow, massive. That it's like a Chinese dragon. I would show you the head, but then I'd have to take my pants off. <laughs> well, well, it's wow. totally up to you. Have another one of these. Yes, <laughs> A few more. <laughs> Where is the head of the dragon? A few know. more. <laughs> <laughs> Down the side of my leg. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. I just wondering okay. if it was okay. disappearing well, into anything. Well, no, that was that bring over that picture of drink. He didn't ask me to title the leg. There it is. Hey, nice photo. Okay, so we'll put yeah. the photo of that. It's yeah. going to be up on our website. It's newwomans.com on our happy hour page. What made you get that? And how, well, first of all, how old were you? How drunk were you? And what made you do it? <laughs> Oh, it was about seven years ago, and right. I was not drunk. Not and drunk it, at it all, okay. It took about um, five sessions of three hours each. And, um, so about 28 hours? No, uh, no about 15 oh, hours. Oh, hang on, they so. changed that. Huh? Three fives is 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, right? I don't know why they keep changing it all the time. Cannot keep up with mathematics. <laughs> so... so <laughs> What made you choose this? Is it a Chinese dragon or is there some other? It's more of a Japanese. Japanese. And I was a Japanese tattoo artist who actually painted it on in India ink. As he, he kind of painted it and then we looked at it and then afterwards he outlined it in, um, in Sharpie and then he tattooed it. So you had a lot of opportunities to say, you know what, I've decided against this. But 
every time <laughs> I went, it was only partially done. So once he started, I really kind of had to continue. Okay, so yeah, well, yeah, good point. But mm. so he did the whole thing as a wow. painting and then a sharpie. Yeah. And yeah. so it was all on you the whole time. So you had to go back like five days in a row before you took well, a shower. Well, it was maybe once a week or once every two weeks and or more maybe longer between sessions. Um, Why didn't it wash off in the shower? No, he would redraw it every time. And the, f the thing that <laughs> happened was that it's actually much bigger. I thought it was going to be about a quarter of the size. Oh, no. Wow. It was much bigger wow. than I originally Surprise. You know, he looked at you and he simply said, man, this is <laughs> my <on>. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have not gotten a person like this in for my entire I, I career. Think I think you're right. He <laughs> had he, me on that table. Right. And, <laughs> he said, and he said, I'll give you a rebate. <laughs> <laughs> How big did you think it would you have liked it to be? Oh, about maybe 18 inches or 20 Like an inches. iguana. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a full-grown iguana. Maybe right, no, like right. A, a, a Not a giant dragon on your whole iguana. body. Yeah, but when he did it with the Sharpie and so on, and you looked at it, you could have said, oh, this is not what I was thinking about. Well, yeah. Too it's, late. Yeah, it's... It's a process, and and once things start rolling, it's. I mean, I, of course, I could have said yes. That's that's not exactly what I was thinking, but had I he done? Does, okay, so had he done the first bit of the tattoo before you had realized? Before you got up and looked in the mirror and went, "Oh shit, that's what it's going to look like." No, no, he drew it on me. He drew you it saw on that. me, you and saw I, the I liked it. You know so right. you knew yeah. what was going I, on. I okay. think I figured it out. It took so long that the dragon grew. What he really wanted to do <laughs> was a small baby <laughs> dragon. But man, it took so forever, it grew. That's an interesting idea that you could have a whole body tattoo when you're a kid. Yeah. And then it would grow with you. Oh. I think it That's would get awesome very idea. blurry though. What <laughs> it would do not if you would thought it through. It would spread. Mm -hmm. If you got it made from dots, perhaps it would grow with you and not get blurry. <laughs> if you thought it through, if you intended to grow. I wonder if anyone ever does that. I don't think you can tattoo minors unless... Uh, so are you single yeah, yourself or married or in a relationship or what's the deal? I eschew all those things. You're not, none of those? None, none of the above, no. No, I'm single. I'm single. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what happens when people see that when you take your clothes off for the first time and you go to bed with somebody not and they go, wow. Not too many have seen it. Not too many? Really? Really? You don't get naked with a lot of people? I guess you can, you can still have sex with somebody with your clothes on. Right. <laughs> After all, gives a if whole you're embarrassed <laughs> about people seeing it. Gives a whole new meaning to the club of the dragon. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> or chase the dragon. Um, so really, what do people think? Do, pe uh, do most people love it? Most people, people love it's it. It's pretty cool. Yes. It's, it's awesome. very cool. I love it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have to... You have a tattoo I was going to say, Bill, I had to mention my, my com... Bill's uh, taking his shirt Compadre right here. <laughs> he has, this is uh, Bill Daniel. He has a nickname, Wild Bill. Wow. And that. he's got some really wacky tattoos that... What I'd like to hear him explain to you the meaning behind them because I'm there, still not quite you're sure. You're not clear. Okay, let's go around really no the. Uh, let's here. go around your body, Bill. So let's start are. with this. It's in like a what is it? It's something a crawfish a, playing the bass. A crawfish playing a double bass. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we go. don't 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 go past <laughs> okay, that. All right, all right. How'd you come up with that one? That was your first one, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. That's I, drunk, right? It's. Uh, I had a shot of tequila before I got <laughs> well, the, but it was in the. I planned it. I was, right. I was like, so I wanted a tattoo. And my friend was like, oh, I'm going to get a crawfish tattoo. I was like, you should get a crawfish playing the bass. That's awesome. And then I was like, no, wait, I'll, I'll get that tattoo. And so I did. And then I decided I needed to fill out the band. So I got piano, a There's penguin a playing the penguin piano. penguin playing the piano and smoking yeah. a pipe blowing bubbles. Exactly. And then an octopus on the drums. Good and choice. Then, yeah, and then I decided I wanted another band. And so I got Whoa. Oh. on your chest. Yeah. It's like mariachi exactly. skeleton. Day right. of yeah, the Dead. Precisely. Right. Day of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're in the right place at Casa Varela. You know, yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. yeah. This strikes me a little bit like if you tattoo Maria of the girlfriend, and then later on you go with Anne later on. What do you do? You know, that band, you know, is that band to your band, or is that... Oh. No, it's just uh, any band, yeah, right? Yeah, any band. Okay, it's, it's a band of skeletons. Any Maria, yeah. any Maria that you will meet, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. This okay. is for you, baby. You know. This is for you, <laughs> right? So that's a that's a band of uh, mariachi skeletons. Right. Is that from Day of the Dead? Uh, you yeah, yeah. It was, that was the concept. I I talked to my guy. I was like, Yo, I want Dio de los Muertos mariachi band. What you got? And that's, right, so that's what he had. So now you have to have the same, right? Nobody's, uh, nobody's following yeah, suit. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely Nick, you're not. not getting tattoos at all. Uh, just not in that theme. It's just not my... Not animals <laughs> my playing musical instruments. Well, <laughs> that is What's weird. wrong with that? Yeah. That's What's great. wrong with that? There's nothing <laughs> wrong in itself. It's unusual, I would think. Who did them? Um, 
Let's see. We should give this guy a plug. The, Is the it the a guy's local name? Guy? The, yeah. I will. I've been trying to contact him actually. Cause we, <laughs> so <laughs> why don't you call me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, he he said his name was T. And he so, said his name was T. So in, in the phone, so it's... Oh, that should be easy to find. Yeah, T. T. So the phone T is for T. Tattoo. Last name tattoo. Yeah, that's T. Tattoo. T for tattoo. Yeah. Oh, T yeah. for tattoo, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah, find what, uh, what is the deal with not being able to find him? Doesn't he have a shop or a shop? Oh, well, he was at, he was at one shop. He was at Mid-City Voodoo. And then he went to another shop in the Treme. And mm. I, I found him. And then we had discussed the whole barter system where I was going to give him a guitar and teach him lessons, and then he was going to keep drawing on me. Wow. And then lost him. So oh. I don't know where he is. Hmm. He seems like a pretty well, eclectic guy, just goes around. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this, you know, we have three or four Find people actually listening to this right yeah. through. So somebody might be might know where T, T for tattoo. tattoo. T for tattoo. <laughs> has, he's got, he's got a $100 bill tattooed on his forehead. So uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So if you see a guy with a $100 bill tattooed on his forehead, Find him. That's your man. Go, yeah. go to naughty <laughs> Drop him a line. Yep. Because Bill's looking for him. Yeah, I would love to do <laughs> that part of it. The guy can. got a hundred dollar bill tattooed on his forehead. Yeah, just like mm. in, just into his hair. Kind Thank of God you didn't do that. Dude, no, yeah. That, that would have been. I'm good with hard. the face. The face is. Yeah, leave the face alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, what's your next tattoo? You got an you got an octopus playing the drums. Yeah, yeah. Got a penguin playing the piano, and a crawfish playing double bass. What's right. what's I the obvious next thing? The <laughs> obvious one would be an alligator playing the trumpet. I think so that that was my first guess but, too. But <laughs> you know, so um, all right. But I think I'm going to diverge away from the animals playing instruments thing and just kind of go with other stuff. Just like Mom or Elvis or something. No, 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 no. like a phoenix. I'm thinking about a phoenix. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, you know, like a <laughs> like a phoenix w- rising from the ashes. Exactly. Yeah. What would that represent? Just something. Absolutely you like? nothing. Nothing. <laughs> None of this right. represents anything. Okay. Yeah. Just. Oh wait a minute! It's all that story you had about your musician and the band. That just. Oh, no! It's just uh, it's art. It's not. It's obviously tied to music. Obviously, I'm a musician. I love music. It's what keeps me going. So so far, everything is musical, but there's no like really emotional. I got mm. this tattoo for this reason. So you can, in about five years from now, go to the doctor and say, I need this removed. <laughs> Technically. Or I could just get it covered up with another tattoo. <laughs> it's That'd not, be difficult to cover up. It's yeah, a stri- it's, it's you think tough. people would spend a lot of time thinking about what they're going to get tattooed, yeah, I, but I often find they don't. I, I spent two weeks. Two weeks? About it. Yeah, it's not like it's permanent or anything. But no, you, it's mu- definitely permanent, you yeah. must have really thought about yeah. this. I did. You know, I spent... Um, Perhaps, let's say, 12, 13 years before I got this big dragon, I had some friends who lived um, across the block from me in in Brooklyn, where I used to live. And they were both tattoo artists. They were also visual artists. And we we did a system of barters. I used to make hats, among my other things Ah, that I used to do. We haven't got onto your hat making history yet. So (laughs) then, you know, so all of the other tattoos that I have were from Laurie and Bill. And I, you know, and then they moved to the West Coast, so that was it for me for a long time. And then, and then I had thought about it a long time, and I was like, well, the next thing I do, I want to get a big body piece, which I guess means you get a big piece that covers a and part of your body. And you got a big piece. Yeah. So I, I was looking around for people, and I went to a place um, on Second Avenue called uh, New York Adorned in in New York City. And I looked through the portfolio and I saw somebody's work that I really liked. And his name, I think, was Yoshi. And it turned out that he was friends with somebody um, that I, uh, the boyfriend of a Japanese girl that I worked with at the time. And they met at at some kind of Japanese um, Aikido, like boxing, some sort of, what's it, martial arts, some kind of, so it was just this okay. really small world. Are you, you know? going somewhere with this? No, no, no just you know, <laughs> oh, that's nowhere at all. There's no, there's no end to this. <laughs> there's no so end. it's just a strange connection of people in Manhattan no, who I, knew each other yeah, were Japanese exactly, and one yeah. of them was a tattoo and, artist and who there you liked was some, on Second yeah, Avenue. Yeah, and the, the, the no, idea that I, I thought gonna, about it a lot. You know, right, so you did have a long time to think about it. I did. You didn't just do a spare of the moment. Yeah, and I wanted to do a dragon. That's I knew I wanted to Okay, listen, before we go any further, we have to take a listen to some music from Naughty Professor. So you guys know what we're talking about. Very cool. You're going to love this. What are we going to listen to? We're going to play something off your album. Yeah, why don't we listen to the very first track on the album? It's called Six Dog Night. Six and that's Dog Night with a K. Uh-huh. There's yeah. a great story, actually. Okay. Oh, it is a pretty good story. What yeah. is it? Well, it has to do with corn dogs and our tenor player. <laughs> our tenor saxophone <laughs> yeah, player. Yeah. Other, the no other saxophone player. Yeah, Ian Bowman, who's not here with us right now. But you, you got it? You want me to tell the story? You, you got right. it, man. So it's all you. We call him Bowman just by his last name. He last has an affinity guy. for corn dogs. He loves corn dogs. And then, so one night, he 
we were like, you need to eat all these corn dogs right now. So he's like, okay, I'll eat six corn dogs. <laughs> and so he ate the what, six what corn dogs. What does he play again, this guy? Tenor saxophone. saxophone. Tenor saxophone. Mm-hmm. And then, then after that, we wrote this song. It was like, yeah, six dog night. He's our, like, <laughs> knight in shining armor that can eat six he dogs. He ate right? six corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. And and he's, then, but he's not the drummer. No, no, no. What's amazing <laughs> later is, though, he ate 12 corn dogs in a night. He doubled which, his record. Yeah, but... Oh, we had already written incredible. the song, so. He didn't, yeah. If he halved it, he could have done Three Dog Night, which is. It's a band already. It's a band. Yeah, already. yeah. So we <laughs> yeah, exactly. could have sued you for that. So thank God he <laughs> Maybe had that's six where they 12. got their inspiration. Yeah, yeah. 12 <laughs> corn dogs. Did you hear that's about that semi that fell over on the yes, highway that was actually, full of corn dogs? <laughs> we, we definitely talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> well, corn dogs are corn great. Who doesn't love corn dogs, right? Yeah, I mean, once every 10 years. Yeah, I'll have like one. They're good at Mardi Gras, you can get them because there's like corn dog people selling them all over the place. But. I where haven't had the corn dogs. Where does he buy them? Yes. You haven't tour, they're awesome. Stay fine. <laughs> they are, yeah. maybe. Where the the Wind Dixie down the street yeah. um, on Chapatulas. They're frozen. Yeah, they're frozen. And how does he cook them? <laughs> he actually does Deep microwave. No, mi- oh, my microwave. God. <laughs> yeah, he's a pro. He's microwave a frozen. Yeah, it's amazing. Dozen <laughs> corn dogs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's so cool. <laughs> well, that was a horrible story, but it was a song. <laughs> <laughs> the song is fantastic. Take a listen to this. Yeah.
Yes, very nice indeed. <laughs> Naughty Professor. Six Dog Night off the album until the next time. It's really, it's really cool stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like tight. a throwback to old school when people actually play. Well, it's jazzy, <laughs> and you know, it's not just, uh, you know. Well, Toro, what do you think? You've been playing music for how many years in New Orleans? In New Orleans, about 40 years. 40 years? Yeah. So what would you, how would you describe that? It's highly technical, but you know, it's high tech. I mean, not high tech, it's high quality, it's really fast, it's really tight, and it's really cool. Well, thank I mean, you. I really like it. Yeah. What did you think as a person who hosts a music show? It's good Maria? stuff, good stuff, good yeah. Stuff. It takes, like, talent. It's like they're skilled it's musicians. actual musicians, not just actual a bunch of guys musicians. smoking pot, getting up on stage and, and, and drinking. And hitting some too, buttons. don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very impressive musicianship. Mm-hmm. How's, your, tra- how's yeah. your traction in New Orleans? It's good. I, I, I think we keep, we keep moving in the right direction, especially, which is fun. Well, cool. You know, we're, we're playing a show tomorrow. I know that you're not going to listen to it by then, but, you know, we're, we're headlining One-Eyed Jacks, which is really cool. Okay. We've That's headlined uh, Howlin' Wolf. We've played with bands like Galactic okay. and Soul Rebels. Cool. Um, you know, we're, we're picking up. It's fun. Yeah, it's really I, fun. I've always wondered, like, here in the city, there's more live music every night than it seems like and than anywhere else I've been. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. And, and even, in, even in New York, you lived in New York for yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems <laughs> like maybe, maybe it's just really highlighted here on the radio and you hear it like it's really... You know, you know the, what it, the, you know the music what it, presence. You know what it really is? New Orleans is the most open music scene that yeah. you yeah. ever yeah. see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could play music. I lived in Europe. I play music in Europe. I mean, listen, this place, op- if you're inside of the musicians' circle in this town, you're always in. It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you can rip the song and do it right. That sounds great. It's I like, I mean, I play with, yeah. I, listen, I played Tipitina's one time without mentioning the name, and I was sitting in with a friend of mine who said, please sit down. And, you know, you suddenly sit in with the best musicians in town and say, oh, well, shit, I must have become really good. Not that I was. <laughs> the point was, it was just that open, yeah. you know? I mean, I... And it know, seems like this this town can support so many musicians because because of that kind of atmosphere. It's a culture. It's it's yeah, life. It's I mean, every night. You know, the, in the old days, and I say old days before Kat- Katrina. I mean, I don't hate to bring that stuff up, but I mean, it was so open here in the sense that you could walk into a neighborhood and go to a so-called music party, and it was people opened their doors to their home and it was mm-hmm. like a hundred people in there wow. and it was like the local Sweet. stars playing or when I say stars the local boys and yeah. the local people mm-hmm. were playing so is it not like that anymore <coughs> well it still not is so but we all worried about the old dudes uh, are a little worried about that thing are we going to become like New York mm-hmm. if if you have a name you'll be invited if you don't have a name you're not invited you know mm-hmm. I mean it's like uh, in New Orleans truly I mean I've I've been invited in um in the every s- aspect of the music here. I mean, I played a lot of venues. I played tips. I played jazz fest. I played the good players. I played the, you know, not so great players. But the openness was really always there. It was about, you know, Charlie Mingus once said, which is really kind of cool. You know, Charlie Mingus, the bass player. Yeah, yeah, in the background, you hear going, like, yeah. right? What he actually <laughs> said was that uh, I'm going to keep my language to the decent language. He basically said. I'm not paying you to coast. I'm paying you to stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I mm-hmm. mean, screw the the, the 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 safety. You know, play all out. And that's kind of New Orleans. Was like it didn't matter. Mm. You know, you played out. All right. So let it rip. You know, let it happen. Let's have fun. <laughs> let if it doesn't groove, if it doesn't funk, if it doesn't sit, you're out. If well, you're in, it's like you're in regardless. It seems like if enough people keep the the old school way even if they're new to town being of being open then then that 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 kind of tradition will yeah. stay alive i was new to town when i got here you know i ended up playing in reggae bands and funk bands and all kinds of stuff i mean i was the only what do you play keyboards and guitar oh, keyboards. and I, I do it for love i mean I, I always play music i always will why did you not play in a real band or keep going as a why, how, how come you didn't become a full-time musician? Because I made my mind up when I was 18. I was about to go professional at the time, and I wanted to be a painter. So I said, you've got to make a decision. Do and you? Yeah. And I made a decision, and I said, I'm never going to quit. I'm always going to play. I mean, I played when I lived in Switzerland. I played in Norway. I played here. But you made a conscious decision not to be a professional musician. No. I didn't want to fall into the trap of having to perform and eat crud. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously. What, is, what does that mean? Meaning, you have to do everything to just get to the top or to hang in there and you work hard. Listen, I, I admire my musician friends. I mean, it's a tough business. So you're too lazy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I, painting is, you know. No, it's not. That's, uh, that's tougher. It's not easy either. No. I but think when something becomes a job, then you, you have to. I mean, if it's a creative endeavor and it becomes a job, sometimes it can kill the joy Absolutely. of doing it. Well, do you still like taking photos? Well, momentarily, I'm I'm taking a hiatus because I've been working on my, a house, um, uh -huh. and that's taken me like that's interesting because Tor is an architect. Yep. What sort of a house is it? An old house? It's an old house in Holy Cross. Yeah, so right. it's over a hundred years old. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm an architect, and I, I've been working as a full-time architect. Quote. I mean, I've had my own firm for a long time, which means that I can play my time. Yeah. But I have a full-time job as a painter. At night, I paint. And then every now and what then, Tora, what are you? You're a painter who's an architect and a musician, or you're yeah. an architect who's a painter and a musician, <laughs> I'm a or you're a musician painter who's a that painter is an architect. architect and a musician. You're a painter first. Absolutely, that's the first thing you do. So people ask you, what do you do? You say I'm a painter, not yeah. a, not an architect. Depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Suppose you're talking to to uh, Bill, with the tattoos. A painter. <laughs> He's a guitar tattoos. player. I'm okay. A of course, you, you don't want my, my tattoos on you, buddy, because I'm an abstract painter. I don't know. If <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe that'd be a nice change of pace. You never actually. know. You never know. <laughs> That's a whole new, a new thing you yeah, could be. You could be a tattooist. I could be the new tattoo tea. tea. <laughs> 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 it would fit perfectly, yeah. You could put a $10 bill on your head. Like so. but <laughs> from the beginning, until you got better and you could add the zero. But coming back to that New Orleans aspect, and I'd say that to anybody that's entering into New Orleans, and that is that, listen, this is a great town if you open up your own mind because the mind will the city will open up to you mm. i mean that's the fact don't you have to be good here though as a musician especially you guys you I gotta mean, have a heart like to you so, gotta yeah. have a heart no if one's gonna come and hear you if you're no good there's a pretty there's a pretty tough audience here you yeah. have to be good right yeah, yeah they've been uh, great to us well you are good though. well thank <laughs> no you question about but that day, but day one the city's been so open and welcome to us you know? yeah uh, and at the same token you can go to some of the so-called uh, you know great blues players in new orleans i mean technically they they were not that great mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. if you're talking about uh, George, you know jeff beck here i mean right, there's right, not right. that a lot of them are not but the personality and the way they did it was all that matters it wasn't just right. a question no technicality it was the message that came out of yeah. the stuff and new orleans has a message always had i mean this is all about the blues being love what, what, what kept you that. here all this time new orleans just the place i mean do things just go right for you when you go yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, this is an open city, I'm, and I like to live here. I mean, I lived a lot of places, and I, I just love New Orleans. We I mean, came here in 1975. It must have been yeah. vastly different. It was different. It was really different. I mean, it isn't the first to talk about music here. The first gig I went to, or not gig, the first place I went to listen to music was uh, a place called Lou and Charlie's. doesn't exist anymore. It didn't exist for that long. And Johnny Vodakovich and... Uh, and Julius Farmer and uh, Henry Butler were playing in, in front of four people, right? <laughs> in a bar where you got wine and there was tables and everything and you're sitting there. And, and listen, these guys were kick-ass. I mean, it, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Was, I was beyond, I was very heavy into, you know, modern jazz or, or uh, jazz in general. And I walked in here and I listened to Johnny, just Johnny alone is like a master drummer. And uh, he's, you know, I know him and I, you know, but these guys are so low-key, it's just amazing, but these guys were so good. And I was saying, man, what is this the average player in New Orleans? You, I need you to go home. Come <laughs> Johnny's not the average player. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. he's not. And Henry, no, no. But Henry Butler is extraordinary. But you came here not to be a musician, you came here to do a degree in architecture. Yeah, I started the Why did you come to New Orleans from Oslo, Norway? Uh, you know, I have a little bit of an intricate story, and that is that my grandfather and my grandmother were actually American citizens. They lived in Galveston. My grandfather was a Galveston. Coast Guard in, uh, in, in the Coast Guard in the United States, stationed in New Orleans. He contracted malaria, and in, uh, but they lived in Galveston. And um, Hang on a sec. Where did he get malaria? Not here, I see. Yeah, in New Orleans. He contracted malaria in New Orleans. Yep. And what year are we talking about? 1906. Wow, hey. I think I it was from all the, uh, the uh, canals and swamps yeah. surrounding Yeah, the I mean, listen, when I came here in 1975, recognized this, the Norwegian government, or the whatever. We uh, mean whatever, is it the Norwegian government or it wasn't the Norwegian government? Well, the, the, the <laughs> what, what, what would be similar to the Norwegian government? They were telling me that if I did go to New Orleans, I needed uh, to be vaccin vaxi uh, have a vaccination against uh, 
typhus and malaria and yellow fever. I mean, New Orleans was still looked upon <laughs> as a kind of a somewhat exotic place. You know, it was. Uh, Do they? Did you have to have a cholera shot as well? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what I had. It hurt like hell. That's all I remember. <laughs> what about diphtheria? What's what is that? Do you know what diphtheria is? Yeah, that used to I be know. one you used to. What is that? Uh, some disease to use the word. It's. Uh, well, I guess it's a disease. Yeah. So you had to have all those shots in 1975 to come here. Yeah. So in 1906, your grand was it your grandfather? Yeah. Your grandfather got malaria while in the Coast Guard. While in the Coast Guard, and he was from Galveston, and he was living in New Orleans. So how does that relate? How do you get to Oslo? Well, anyway, how do you so get to be born in Oslo if your grandfather's a Texan? Well, in 1915, there were three big hurricanes in uh, Galveston, 1900, 1912, and 1915. In 1915, they hit that side of the island that my grandfather and my grandmother lived on. They lost the house, and they decided to go back to Europe for a year. Back, back to Europe? What do you mean? Why back? To, to Oslo. They wanted to visit with the family while they were... What, which family? Who was, who was from Oslo? The rest of the family still live in Norway. But who was, what, they were Norwegian, they moved to... Moved to United oh, They were Norwegian yeah, they immigrants. Came in, they came here in 1898 or okay. whatever. And then they moved back to Norway for a couple of years just to visit the family while they were going to rebuild here. He died, my grandmother got stuck, and she, for the rest of her life, sang, Oh, Galveston, oh, Galveston. <laughs> I mean, it was very cool. You know, I had American Pie, and we had, uh, after the war, we had a lot of big gifts coming from Galveston, and they smelled a very special way. It came in big American boats with, you know, streamers of music, and you were a kid, it was really kick, and it smelled very different. When I landed in New Orleans... What, what smelled different? The, the people? No, the, the, the package itself. Oh, the smelled, stuff that came yeah, in, people sent It smelled oh, very okay. strange. So when I landed in New Orleans, I said, oh, that's the smell. What's that smell? That's one of those great New Orleans expressions. It's not usually said with any affection, though. <laughs> well, I, I, I say it with affection. But what was that smell? It was that, uh, go to the French Quarter. <laughs> I'm That's, not what I'm talking yeah. minute, That's I'm not the smell that people I'm usually not, appreciate. I'm not talking Bourbon Street. I'm talking about in one of the old uh, courtyards, for instance, is that... Mildew. Mildew, misty, you know, there's the heavy, there's potent So you smell. had that smell of with me with you all the way till i came here wow. that's why maybe i stuck here I, you know how interesting <laughs> i couldn't get over Find it i felt home so, so you were driven here by a smell in a hurricane that's correct <laughs> that's correct so nothing's much has changed to new orleans because of a hurricane wow well no i did not oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but that. you did sort of but i have actually i have a lot of family in uh, houston in particular yeah. and also have family here in new orleans and that's why i came here to visit and then before you know it you know what you can't guys leave. are doing. You can't oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, you, you get, get stuck. stuck. Everybody gets stuck here. Right. You too. Yeah, me too. I came here I from mean, like you came from California. Of all I places. originally came from LA. Yeah, I came from New Zealand to LA and then LA to here. And it's, once you get here, you either love it or you hate it. You either come here and you go, "This place is the dirtiest, hottest, most dysfunctional place in the world," or you go, "Wow, <laughs> why didn't I move here a hundred years ago?" Well, that's my story. That's yeah. your story. That's, and that's uh, you guys have got the same story. I'm yes, sure. I'm, you much, I'm, yeah. As musicians, there's where else could you live? Nowhere. Where could you live and play this sort of music and and get it, you know, sort of that sus the sustenance and nourishment you need to come up with this stuff. I think we could we could do what we do anywhere, really, but this place just makes us happiest doing it. You know, like we were talking about, you don't need to be the greatest musician to live here. I think it's just a matter of being genuine. Genuine, know? absolutely. Yeah. Gotta have the heart. And that's it doesn't matter what your skill level is. It's just right. about, you know, if it's coming from a real place, people are going to appreciate it. And uh, That's interesting because what you guys are doing is so skillful compared to what other people are doing in this type of music it's it's a whole other world yeah, we try we try to add that level on and it's, i think that's a huge part of our band is the technicality and like going in different harmonic directions or, right. or however you want to say it that's uh, a huge part of it but yeah we, we try to find freedom in it still too you know i mean it's it's very structured and you know there's a lot of like arranging that goes on in band rehearsals and whatnot but um actually something interesting i was talking to this guy who turns out he's a chef in town at Koshan, uh, and he was talking to me about uh, similarities between cooking and music, and writing music, and or playing music, and he was saying that um, for cooking, it's kind of like when you bake something, it's, you know, you have a very set recipe, it's kind of like if you play the same songs over and over again, it gets stale, and it's like, you know, you bake the same cake every time, you know, it's just, you know what to expect, and it's not that exciting, but if you're cooking something savory, you get to throw in your own ingredients, and, you know, 
improvise a little bit and and we try to have like a mix of both of those things you know we have set recipes to all of our songs but we like to throw in different spices each time we play them to make it different but at the same token though the, the improvisational level in this town is really one of the greatest thing because Absolutely. listen Absolutely. You, 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 you there are so much so many bands that suddenly you get a call saying can you sit in with us i don't know who's going to be playing <laughs> and i don't even know what the songs are going to be right so you go to on stage if you're not improvising if you're looking for somebody to tell you what to do you're dead in this city yeah you know you really are i mean you got it <laughs> yeah, you got to go with the flow you got to go with the heart you got to go with the emotion and you got to stretch i mean uh, here days you have no choice because again you don't often have these really rigid band frames i mean i know people that work in five six bands i mean and they do it continuously that, well that is the sort of norm in New Orleans. Exactly. These guys are in pickup bands all over the These guys are doing something completely different. You couldn't go and sit in with this no, I unless you were really an awesome musician and could follow what's going on. Is this stuff written down? Are there charts for these? No, we've never written. Or actually, recently... Yeah, recently we've had a few written down, but Mostly like what you listen to, any, the next thing you're going to listen to, all just rehearsed, learned, on the fly. Let's take a listen to another one right now. What Mark, are we going to listen to? Six Paper Joint. Another one with the word six. Yeah, we gave, you the, <laughs> we gave you the dirty dozen here. Six Dog Night, which was about corn eating dogs. corn dogs. And this six paper joint sounds like it's something about what you'd have to do to eat six corn dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically. Precisely. Right. Yeah. Okay. What's the story behind this one? Well, watching a TV show um, called Trailer Park Boys. Yes, one of the most awesome TV it's, shows it's ever. I love it. So, me where is it from? from back. Ca- is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah they're making oh, an eighth season. Yep. Hey. Yep. Yep. Really? Yep. They're making another series of it, Chris. Yeah. All right. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Oh, love it's it. great. So, Ricky in season four, episode three or something, is watching over his like field, and he's like, "Man, I'm just trying to smoke this six paper joint." And there's a picture of him, and it's <laughs> massive. And so I was sitting next to the bass player on the couch. He's like, that's what we're naming that song. Six Paper Joint. <laughs> paper, and we're like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Six, six Paper Joint. Paper Joints. Uh, yeah. Paper Joints. I never heard about the six. drug called paper. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It just requires that many. Six many, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tor, I know you I mean, need a smoke pot. I was yeah. just making a joint. <laughs> okay. That's a Norwegian joke. It's <laughs> no laughing matter. Okay, let's take a listen to it.
Paper joint. Thank you. So Trailer Park Boys was the inspiration for that. For the well, naming of the song. For the yeah. naming of the song. The, the, the material, the music itself comes first, and then we basically struggle with words, which is primarily why we're an instrumental band. We don't have a singer. We, don't, we can't write words very well, no. so uh, we're not is so something good that you Because that's how Galactic started <laughs> off, as well as an yeah, instrumental right. band. Then they that's found right. that they, you know, where they added a singer. Are you thinking about adding a vocalist ever? We had a singer for a little bit. The first recording that we made, we, it was five songs. Uh, all original music, and one of the songs we wrote with uh, this lady named Mahogany Medlock, and she's a fantastic singer. Um, but we ended up, you know, we were, do, we were writing so much music that we ended up just kind of going in a different direction with just the instrumental mm. thing, no, no vocals. Can you, what do you expect to do with this stuff? You, you, does it get played on the radio, this kind of thing, anywhere? Yeah, we, we play on WWZU. Pretty much. I, I guess like once every other week I'll hear it randomly. Right. Which is really cool that we got in there. Uh, WTUL will play it. Like the local stations will play it. Right. And, and what's uh, the big master plan here? Festivals. Master plan <laughs> is just to, to get out. Uh, we're gonna we're going on a pretty big, our first extensive tour this summer. Well, last summer we did three weeks in Colorado, which was amazing. It was my first time in Colorado. The mountains, the people. It was just like gorgeous. Like yeah. it was such a good time. Uh, this summer we're going to be all over. Right now, it's kind of a bunch of tentative dates on our on our band calendar. But one thing that we just came that just came through was uh, Brooklyn Bowl in New York City uh, with George Porter Jr. who's the bass player in the Meters. So we're opening up for George Porter. Oh, cool! At Brooklyn yeah. Bowl in New York uh, in June, June nineteenth, I think, something like that. Something like that. So, so if you listen to this show somewhere else in the United States, yeah, there's a chance that yeah, yeah. you can go onto your site <laughs> naughtyprofessor.com. I hate to ask people the stupid question, but where does that name come from? There's a, a teacher at Loyola. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. She's gone now. 
I won't name her, but our trumpet player. Well, she's gone. You can name her. Oh yeah. That's not. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty professor. Yeah, we were really struggling to find a name, like as you know, our song names would not a strong point speak for it, but uh. You know, and, and and our trumpet player is like, well, man, there's this teacher I've got who's always wearing low cut shit and just like really not being appropriate. For what what class is she teaching? It was, uh, English. Yeah, it was an honors English, English teacher. She was every Did you day. have a lot of people in her class? Uh, I assume so. Yeah, we weren't in the class, so we don't, we're not the highest authority on this. But uh, then, we, yeah, yeah, we just came, he came up with the name Naughty Professor. I was like, well, that's better than anything else we've come up with. So let's okay. Go with that. So that's inspired by a woman you don't know or never right. saw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, you could get a tattoo of her on your arm. Maybe, maybe. Or somewhere. Somewhere else. <laughs> hey, let's talk about horses before we go any further. <laughs> Please. You guys interested you like horses? in horses? Uh, I'm from Texas, so yeah. Do you know a bit about horses? Maria, do you have a horse? I do, yes. What's up with that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I did some horseback riding as a teenager, as a young girl, you know, I was obsessed with horses, and, and then mm-hmm. for a long time it was impossible, you know, I sort of had to leave that behind, and then I moved here and I met somebody at a Thanksgiving party in the Bayou St. John, and we got into a converse, conversation, and she's like, oh, I have a horse, and I was like, oh, really, oh, and, my, and at that time, I'm, my mother used to have a horse, and she kind of shared it with somebody, and I was like, oh, I told her that story, and she invited me to come out and meet her horse, and, and then she was going out of town what for a couple of weeks. was the first thing you said to the horse when you met it? Hi, Lucille. Lucille. Oh, wow. wow, good name for a horse. So, um, or a guitar. Yeah, PBQ, my PBQ, friend yeah. left town for a couple of weeks and asked me to look after Lucille, and I did. And then just, it was a tumbleweed situation. I started riding, and there was a guy who had an extra horse out there at the barn on the West Bank, and... I started riding Maggie, and and gradually I just got snagged into the horse world again. You and got seduced and, into uh, horses. I got seduced back into horses, and there was a baby horse at this barn. He was a, a baby be- horse. A I'm sure baby that's not horse. a term, is it? He was a colt. Colt. A little oh, black colt with fuzzy fur, and he was so cute. And I used to go visit him in his stall and pet him and just love on him. And it, he belonged to this reverend, Reverend Powell. Reverend Jeez, you Powell. got some good stories, i got to say. So okay. uh, he's like, when are you going to buy my horse? He kind of did his thing on me, and I was like, I'm thinking about it. And then at the end of the summer of 2012, I bought the horse. How much was it? Oh, a few hundred bucks. That's all it cost to buy a horse? Well, you can get a horse for free. It's, you know, it's, you can get a horse for free up to, uh, you really? can pay a million dollars for a horse. I mean, and everything in between. And, but, then, um, and then the horse grew like the dragon <laughs> on the body. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can buy a horse for 200 bucks. You I can buy no a horse, idea. you know, the cost of a horse, for the most part, is the least of it. It's cheaper than a bicycle. Yeah, what you can ride the thing around. <laughs> Daddy, I want a pony type of thing. You yeah. end up paying <laughs> the the cost. The true cost is maintaining a horse. It's not just what the horse. Well, I guess you got to feed it every day and look it, after yeah. it. And has so vet bills and room and board and have to vet put the and horse's all hooves on it and all that the sort hooves, of thing. Yeah, you have to put the hooves on the horse. I, I, re- <laughs> I, re- I really have a curious question. Do you have to pay insurance for a ho- on a horse? No. You don't. You're in case the horse goes crazy and... No, I mean, you, you know... You mean to ride it on the street? There's yeah. many levels of, of, of horse worlds and race horses and show horses and, you know, but... But Louisiana, I don't fully understand the laws, but it's an equine state, so it means that you can ride a horse pretty much anywhere... And there's it's an equine opportunity state, and that's exactly right. Should be on the license and, um, plate. <laughs> when you <laughs> go to barns, right. when you go to horse barns, you always see a sign saying Louisiana law dictates that the owner is not responsible for anything that happens when you are on their horse. So, so in wow. therefore, it yeah. is actually a much freer situation. Like in New York, back in New York, I would never have been able to make friends with Bill and go trail riding with him every Saturday morning and one of his horses who in his case wife what, had... In case so you fell off and broke your neck or something. No, his somebody fault. had fallen off and broken her back, which was the original owner of the horse, which was Bill's wife. And so Maggie hadn't been ridden for a few years when I started riding her, but he was like, sure, you can ride her because I can't <laughs> sue Bill if anything happened. So and nothing <laughs> happened. So and you're it was, not, you're we were all very happy. You, don't, end, you so. don't have a brake tag sticker on the, between the eyes and a, <laughs> and a thing on the right rear of the no. Horse every year. Nope. So no Bill, tag. Bill is the no. guy who sold you the horse. No, Bill is the guy who let me ride his horse, Maggie. And his wife fell off the horse and broke her back. Earlier, yes. Oh, yeah. Not the same horse you bought, obviously. No, no, no. The, the horse but you the, were riding. That horse lived at the barn, and the, the, horse the horse that I bought was owned by this 
this charismatic reverend, right. b- Reverend Powell, Moses Powell. He has an evangelical church somewhere on the West Bank. And he had a few horses, and this was a baby horse. And he wasn't really sure who the parents of the horse was. The mother, he knew, but the father, like when my horse, horse started growing up, he's like, maybe my other stud got to the mare. Maybe she was like, it wasn't the quarter horse. It was the half saddlebred, half quarter horse. So, so, so uh, horses just have sex with each other randomly at night when <laughs> the reverend... Well, if they have all their parts, they do. Are you insinuating something here? <laughs> No. Well, most of you know most male horses, as as with most male domesticated animals, get you know castrated, right. so gelded, gelded, yeah. yeah. But but this guy's horses weren't, so they could just go fucking each other, and then that's, that's how right. you got your horse, yeah. whose name is what? Bootsy. Bootsy the horse. Yeah. Bootsy. Bootsy Collins. Yeah. Named after Bootsy Collins. Main named after Bootsy Collins. Nick, you have a horse yeah. story. What it looks like. Uh, no, I just like Bootsy Collins. Uh, oh, I thought excited you were, about that. I thought you were interested with four when we started talking about horses. You had something to say about horses. No, I have nothing to say about horses. Nothing just, at all. I just like horses. Yeah, that's cool. you do. I do. Yeah. What do you like about them? Uh, they're interesting animals. They're. In what sense? Know, I, I see it. Well, I mean, I I grew up in Chicago, and oh well, there you so zero it, right? horses right. there. Right. So I moved here, and then you know, there's carriages and. Oh, yeah. You know, just You'd see, never seen them on the streets was like bizarre to me. Yeah, once like in a while you can just be like on Orleans Avenue and there's a black cowboy on his fabulous pinto quarter horse with yeah. red socks and he's all decked out. During um, Super Sunday, there was a whole crew of of guys on Claiborne Avenue and Toledano on their horses. It was just, you know, yeah. I've never yeah. lived in a city where people can just trailer their horses into town Same. and, like, ride around on the neutral ground. That's yeah. where my fascination is, has mainly come from, was just seeing it in this city. You've literally never seen a horse your whole life. Until no, 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 don't, no. Not that. I mean, I just mean, you like, seeing them, like, just gone along with that. I thought that's what yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> Another story. interesting thing to me about, um, about horse culture here is that, okay, in the north... It's mostly like a white upper class thing, and that still exists here, but it's very much, there's like black cowboys here, mm-hmm. and, and they're all over the place, and, and especially in, you know, more like rural Louisiana, but uh, where I keep my horse is, that's, but you know, in, in the urban area, a lot of people keep their horses out there, and there are a lot of black cowboys, and they're true cowboys, like Mike grew up roping cattle on but his horses. Don't forget that Louisiana, I'd really have a very large uh, horse shall we call it industry if you want to call it that I mean there is like Kentucky and all of those states right well that's the racehorse industry that's completely separate well I understand that but I mean the culture rise uh, it's it's very much around horses having to say that in New New Orleans there is not but if you go further up north of the state there's a lot of and there's a lot of crossover like the guy who takes care of the horses where I keep Bootsy he used to train racehorses right and he's from around Opelousas, and right. um, so it's very interesting. I Can find we it very see you riding Bootsy around with your dragon tattoo anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year I'll ride Bootsy in a parade. He's only three years old, so he's just you know he's got a long way to go. He's coming along though. Well, this has been if a very if interesting. If you hour. serve a little bit more of this stuff, well, well, you can have another drink, but you'll have to pay for it now because oh, the show's right. over. Oh. You have to start paying for your own cocktails here at Casa Borrego. <laughs> I don't know what they cost. We might be get another picture out of you. Look, here, there's folks arriving now. They have to kick hey. us out because they actually want to serve people here. and They have, oh, din- they have really dinner. It becomes a real place. It's now. a real place. <laughs> yes, real. They, they boot us out of here about right. now. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for joining yeah, me. That's, been, that's like been happy hour for an, another week. Maria Levitsky joined us, Tora Waleen, Bill Daniel, and Nick Elman from Naughty Professor. Andrew Duhon will be back next week. Thank you so much. What a great happy hour it's been. Our show is produced today by Graham DePonte, our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. This theme song that you're listening to right now was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by Presonus Audio Electronics. For more information about their wide range of sound recording equipment and software, you can visit them at presonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show, please drop us a line. Our address is on our website. All you have to do is sit around here and drink cocktails for an hour and stay upright. On our website, you can also check out plenty of other happy hour shows as well as our other shows Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnola, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can also keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media on all of it. We're It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and Facebook. These photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel. Thank you very much. All right.
If you're listening to us on iTunes, just your swell, our favorite podcast app or some other podcast app that you like better. Take a moment to rate and review us. That really does help other people find us. Thank you so much. Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrego on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. It's called a, what would you describe this as? A bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue, mostly Latin jazz. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, or come down here to Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard and see Casa Borrego for yourself. Have a meal here. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Graham DuPonte, Chris Kehoe, everyone sitting around the table here at Casa Borrego, Douglas Engel taking one final photo for the day. Everyone back at INO, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour.